You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Scotland, home of the brave. Hearts. (laughs) But better yet, and certainly better than that joke, It's home to a lot of castles. So many, we couldn't invade all of them in one episode. Which is why this is part two of our Scottish Castle special. And if you were here for our Burns Night episode, you'll already be familiar with Kildrummy Castle and Stirling Castle. On this episode, we're heading further south to Edinburgh Castle and further still to the borders. So watch out for Reavers. Thanks to my guest, this episode also provides me with a great opportunity to brush up on my Scottish insults. So buckle up, ya wee fuck bumpers. We're off to Edinburgh. Joining me on the podcast today, we have Eleanor Morton, who's a fellow stand-up comedian and also a self-confessed history nerd and makes TikTok videos as Craig the Unenthusiastic Tour Guide. Eleanor is also up in Scotland and I'm up in England, so the rivalry is already set. Hi, Eleanor. Thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Glad to talk castles with you because you are you're you're a fan of castles. I am. I'm very excited to talk to someone who's lived in a castle. <laughs> I know, past tense, sad. Oh, sorry. <laughs> We've already heard about Stirling Castle with uh, people being thrown out windows and people dressed as chickens jumping off cliffs and Kildrummy with blacksmiths being covered in molten gold. But today we are going to move away from those two castles and we're going to focus on, firstly, Edinburgh Castle. I'm assuming this one's your favourite? Is this the top um, castle? Yeah, I, well, it's not, it's not the most dramatic or the most romantic, but it has got the most history and the most stories uh i guess it's the tower of london of scotland so yeah definitely (laughs) absolutely yeah it's it's where everything happened and it's where all the important things happened and therefore all the kind of gruesome stuff as well and i think what i like about it is that it sort of has continued to have a life after the unification of the crowns like it was no longer the royal home but then it became barracks and a prison and all sorts of different things happened it so yeah there's a lot of history The unification of the crowns, by the way, happened in 1603, after the death of Queen Elizabeth I. Lizzie had died unmarried and childless, so the English crown passed to her next available heir, her cousin, James VI, King of Scotland. England and Scotland now shared the same monarch, and the Scottish and the English lived happily ever after. If by happily ever after you mean they continue to hate each other for years to come. Edinburgh Castle has been... 
as I look at my notes, the most besieged castle. Mm-hmm. 23 yep. record attempts to take it. Yeah, definitely a lot of attempts. <laughs> the thing about Edinburgh Castle is, um, obviously, you've, if you've been there, you know that it's at the top of the Royal Mile, which is like, and it's on this rock, this volcano, uh, extinct volcano, I should say. And uh, the reason it was besieged, obviously, is because it's in this, It's you know, it's only about 70 miles north of the English border. So it's in a perfect position to be um, constantly attacked. And then um, the reason that, that the Royal Mile and all the old town is sort of all clustered around the castle is basically because of this constant fear of invasion. So that's why the, the old town is sort of all this rickety tall old buildings all kind of smushed together is because uh, Edinburgh is constantly being um, attacked for years and years. Let's delve deeper into the Let's do it. juicy histories of the castle. Mm-hmm. Let's start with the Stone of Destiny. Mm. So tell us about this. So the Stone of Destiny is a stone, massively surprising, and it's from, <laughs> I think it's from Scone originally, which is sort of up in Perthshire. And basically this it was traditionally what the old Scottish kings would get crowned on. Like you'd, you'd sit on the stone or you'd stand on the stone or, so, or or your chair would be on the stone. I'm not quite sure. And then when, you know, the unification of the crowns happened, they took it to England and to Westminster. And it's, it's sort of, for whatever reason, they were like, yeah, we'll do we'll do this as well. We like this as a, as a thing. And so then all the British monarchs were crowned with it. So it was stolen by King Edward I of England, who is the one in uh, Braveheart. The Hammer of the Scots. Yes. Does, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't like them. It was stolen by Edward I, and then it was in England up until Christmas 1950, when four Scottish students nicked it back. Um, so, sorry, four Scottish students did? Four Scottish students stole it from Westminster Abbey. On Christmas Day, 1950. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's Wait, a film that, about that, it. That's amazing. Who, who, yeah. who, what do we know about these guys? I think they were just nationalists with um, a big Christmas break and they didn't want to study for their exams. Yeah. So they thought, what else can we do with our well, time? We, we're going to get our stone back. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, I, I w- I'd be far too lazy to bother. If, if kings are being crowned Yeah, it's a big it, stone. It's going to be a big stone. It's a big, chunky kind of flagstone type thing so oh, I, I hope they like dressed up as you know like workmen and stuff and had a whole like proper Ocean's yeah. Eleven style I was picturing more like a Paddington farce but yeah just in one rucksack they've got this massive stone and one poor <laughs> yeah. guy is looking like bent over double him oh yeah. no he's just he's just unwell don't worry about he's him. he's just hung over you know students um <laughs> And then, and then I think since then it's been it's been back up here, and obviously it just got used again. In was it April when when was the coronation? Yeah, April. they just got used again yeah, for April. the for the coronation. So, it got, so they had to transport the stone back down. They to did. Westminster. Yep, had to be shunted back down and then shunted back up again. So uh, appar- sure apparently it's very important. But yeah, there's not really any information on why. I guess it's just very old, and people like things that are very old and. Hey, we love a good stone. Stonehenge, yeah. there's all sorts of stones around, around here. Yep, loads of stones. Big Just, fans of stones over the years. Um, the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones, lots yeah. of stones. Stone roses. Um, <laughs> What's your favourite story from the castle? Um, I like that they briefly had an elephant as a mascot. In 1836, 
the 78th Highlanders. They were in Sri Lanka and they brought this elephant back. I don't know how they brought the elephant back. It was four students on Christmas <laughs> Day getting drunk and they took an elephant they took back an elephant. to Sri Lanka. I don't know what a mascot elephant does, but it lived in the castle. I was going to say, how do, they, how do they make it a mascot? Do they like, glue pom-poms to its feet and make it do star jumps at the side of the side I of think the, they just the wall? I think they just take photos, like pointing at it, like, look at this guy. Um, <laughs> and yeah, apparently like drinking beer. Oh, nice. They, yeah, they fed, they fed it beer. I guess you'd have to drink a lot of beer as an elephant to get drunk, so. I imagine so. Yeah. It feels like a thing that you'd actually send into war rather than yes. a mascot. Like if you were going against an army and then suddenly this pissed elephant just starts legging it into <laughs> battle, you're like, what the fuck do we do with this? Yeah, well, um, <laughs> it used to suck up the beer with its trunk, which is a charming, if slightly dubious way to treat an elephant. So That's I think they also had a bear at one point. Was it a drunken bear as well? I don't know if the bear was drunk, but. I mean, there is a there's a pet cemetery as well in in Edinburgh Castle. There's a, a little dog cemetery for sort of military dogs that have died. So you can go and look at all their little headstones and read about all the little little dead sad dogs. Oh god! <laughs> um, I'm imagining you as a child walking around these tiny little, tiny little <laughs> dead dog a, graveyard. Amazing day out. Do you remember any of the names of the dead dogs in this cemetery? No, that would be great, but I don't. I imagine it was stuff like. Captain Chops and Captain uh, Chops. <laughs> Sergeant Waggy, I don't know. Sergeant, Sergeant Waggy's a great one. Yeah, it's cute. But, you know, f- fun fun military dog names. Not Greyfires Bobby, that's the other one. That's that's the famous Scottish one. Yeah, no, he was never in the army, sadly. He uh, he used to hang around the pub a lot, though, so what, animals one getting common, drunk. One common theme in Edinburgh is everything's just getting drunk. <laughs> all the animals are getting drunk, all the people are getting drunk. That's That's fair. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I've heard tell that you're a fan of a good ghost story, Eleanor. I am, yes. Again, am. much like the, the Tower of London, Edinburgh Castle is full of ghost stories. Yep. I'd like to hear the one about the young piper. That's a good one. That's a, that's a classic. So basically, a long time ago, obviously it's not a specific time, that would ruin it. Um, mm-hmm. Whoever was, you know, the, the, 
people at Edinburgh Castle, the royals or the military or whoever, discovered that there was a tunnel, a subterranean tunnel underneath the Royal Mile that went all the way down to Holyrood, or they thought it did, which is not like, that's not unbelievable because there are lots of vaults and underground streets Mm -hmm. in the old town. So it is actually like not an impossible story, but they decided the best way to find out how deep this tunnel went was to send down a young piper, you know, send the send the runner kind of thing, send the intern, mm. and he a canary was down a mine, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. In some stories, he's a drummer, but you know, he's got a, he's got a loud instrument that you can hear above, and the idea a is that he a saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> Follow that jazz. The sound of scat jazz has stopped. <laughs> um, yeah, and so they were meant to. You could follow the sound and just see how deep it went, and then uh, so they're following the sound. They can hear the the pipes or the drums or whatever instrument it is, and there eventually it fades away and it stops and they can't find him and he never comes back and he disappears and you're supposed to be able to hear occasionally the ghostly sound of the pipes under the streets, Mm. which is spooky but very (laughs) unlikely. (laughs) Okay, there he is. There's, there he is. I that, tiny, that tiny dead child's doing a scat number again. <laughs> I don't think you could. I don't think you could hear him because, uh, because as you know, if you've been on the Royal Mile, it is full of bagpipers, constantly bagpiping. So I have no idea how you're meant to be able to hear this ghost because yeah. it's very noisy down there. Let's not dwell too long on the truth of the whole thing. Let's just go, yeah, absolutely. Although I will say that's my hometown in Richmond, North Yorkshire, has mm. a similar story about a, a little drummer boy who went sent, yeah. sent down a tunnel. Yeah, and creepy. I just think back in the day, it was very lazy trying to think of ideas like, right, how do we solve this thing? I'll just stick a child down it and see what happens. So no- <laughs> that, can't be the, that can't be the first... Like, no, no child labour laws. And yeah, exactly. I think a lot of the time, I mean, they used to, this is another Edinburgh Old Town story that I'm sure is happens in the rest of the UK as well. But um, Mary King's Close, which is sort of like a, it's a tourist attraction now, but it used to be this underground city. There was the bones of children found shoved up the fireplace because children would go and clean the chimneys and then get stuck and then they'd just leave them there. So oh my God. It's, not un, it's not unimaginable that they would send a child with a drum or a pipes down a tunnel just to yeah. see. Or a flute, expand. some strings. The amount of orchestras that are no longer able to operate <laughs> just, because of constant. the lack of a woodwind section. Because <laughs> where are they? Oh, they're all stuck down some bloody crevice. <laughs> As a fan of a dinner party, I can't not get you to tell me the story of the Black Dinner. This sounds very Game of Thrones. So a lot of Game of Thrones is actually weirdly based on Scottish history but in particular this is this is the black dinner which took place in 1440 which was oh god which james would this have been one of one of the james james second james second who was 10 he was 10 yeah so picture that very ruthless and um he invited the the black douglases over so there was two there was two clans of douglases there was the black douglases and the red douglases because you know scotland had a clan system and everyone was sort of vying for power so even though the king was the king there was still quite a lot of other people with power and sort of trying to get you know get as high up as they could and the black douglases were quite i don't i don't know what the equivalent today would be but maybe like the family from succession sort of ruthless and kind of out for themselves and um they come over for dinner very nice and then the the king or you know his servants presents them with a bull's head a severed bull's head which uh, apparently i i don't know this i've never had this happen to me but apparently that means you're going to die Oh, wow. And so, do you, reckon, um, do you reckon the black did the black Douglases know 
that that was a sign of death? Or did they, uh, at the time, go, oh, this is a nice gift, a bit odd? But, um... <laughs> I don't know, because people used to eat boar's head, so maybe, I don't know if they would have been like, oh, is this a, is this a course? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think maybe, yeah, I think maybe it was sort of shorthand, a bit like, I guess, a bit like the head in the, the horse's head in the bed. Um, oh, the god that I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Animal heads mm. kind of are not a good sign. And they were killed there and then, which is pretty scary because it sort of sent a message to the nobles that, you know, it doesn't matter how important or powerful you are, if the king doesn't like you, that's it. So you better yeah. be careful, even though he's 10 as well. He's more of a little Joffrey character from Game of Thrones. Yes, then. very Joffrey. Very Joffrey. And also, you know, 10-year-olds, ten, they don't necessarily have a lot of emotional control. So he might have regretted it immediately. I don't know, but... Um, well, do you reckon he even properly understood what was going on? Although he'd been advised to do it, and mm. then he's given this 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 head over that everyone gets murdered in front of him, and he's like, "Oh my god, I didn't realize." Really, I thought that was um, like a joke. Uh, this is horrible. Um, <laughs> is is pudding off? Um, a lot of yeah. Can you imagine they to stay and now some tiramisu? <laughs> <laughs> um, what does that mean? What are we gonna do now? What, yeah, what does tiramisu yeah. represent? Indigestion. Yeah. <laughs> what we're learning about Scotland so far is that sending children underground means they're going to die. Being a military dog means you're going to die. A bull's head on your dinner table means you're going to die. And tiramisu means you're going to get indigestion. So what do glens represent? Spoiler alert, it ain't indigestion. So, Glencoe, it's a big valley, basically. It's like, well, it's a glen. That's what a glen is. Um, mm -hmm. And the McDonald's were the clan that lived there. And this is during the uprisings, the Jacobite uprisings. There's a lot of, you know, everyone's sort of fighting with each other. Everyone's taking sides. And the Campbells, which were a rival clan, were hired by the British government. I think it was William and Mary at the time to kill the McDonald's for, you know, betraying the crown or whatever, not being politically aligned with them. To compare it to another story, it was very Trojan horse-ish because they, they came, mm -hmm. Campbells came over, they said, hey, uh, can we can we stay here for a bit? You know, it's, it's we're in the middle of nowhere, we need somewhere to stay in the McDonald's. said, of course you can, yeah, come in, have, have some food, you know, here's our spare rooms. And then in the night when everyone had gone to sleep, the Campbells massacred the McDonald's. So it was very, um, I guess what you call it, not cricket. And... Um, mm -hmm. To this day, I don't think I've been in the presence of a McDonald's and a Campbell at the same time, but to this day, they still they still don't get on. So, uh, so yeah, Scottish history is littered with um, horrible dinner parties where people end up stabbing each other and uh, inspiring George R. R. Martin. The next castle on your mm. list is Hermitage Castle. Hermitage, yeah. Yeah, which is known as the guardhouse of the bloodiest valley in Britain. Mm. It has a very violent history and unpleasant reputation. So I can see why you like it. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds delightful already, Eleanor. Yeah, it's called it's called the bloodiest valley in in Britain because it was on it's in the borders, and that was obviously because it was a border. That was a very contentious place where lots yeah. of battles and rivalries and wars and also the border reavers which were these kind of basically cattle thieves who used to sort of go in and out of england stealing cattle and raiding things and there have been some pretty spectacular deaths in this place right yeah it's linked to a few people who have had some horrible deaths uh yeah, let's hear some horrible deaths <laughs> we well got? it's uh so william de Sulis, who i think was sort of like a 
a Norman lord based on his name, was involved in a plot against Robert the Bruce. And also they say witchcraft, but I think people like to throw witchcraft yeah. in just yeah, as an extra. Just scribble that on at the end. Our end's a bit, witchcraft probably. But the fun thing about William is that he had a familiar, which is, for people who don't know, a sort of, um, I guess like a pet or a mascot yeah. for witches. Oh, and familiar was it? Uh, it was a it, well. It was its own thing. It was a it was a red cap, which is a borders creature, and it's like a little oh, goblin. Right. It's a little goblin, and they wear little red caps. It sounds quite cute, actually. Well, um, like like Trump supporters. <laughs> make the borders great again. Make the borders great. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's somehow it's worse than that. Um, it's actually the 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 cap is red because it's covered in blood from um, bloody battlefields and, and various other horrible things. Wow. But according to legend, William de Soulis had a red cap called Robin Redcap, which again sounds quite adorable. But yeah, what, what he was accused of was, was using, and th- again, this is very like classic sort of tactic to bring down your enemies. He was, he was apparently using the blood of local children in, in demonic rituals with this, oh with this red cap. Yeah, which is again, it's quite like um, uh, Gilles de Ray, who was this, sort of one of Joan of Arc's contemporaries in France who was similarly accused of, of that kind of thing. But but yeah, so him and this little demon were in Hermitage Castle with the blood of children, making spells and trying to overthrow the king. And people didn't like that, apparently, for some reason. Sure. I mean, and... I'm not a parent myself, but I can imagine. <laughs> well, you know, people cotton wool wrap their children nowadays, don't they? So... Oh, yeah, yeah, Sure. <laughs> A little I mean, bit the, of the, ritual I mean, sacrifice is good for you, I think. You couldn't even get a kid near a burning body nowadays no, without complaining and stuff. It's, health and safety gone mad. soft. It's awful. But they went to the, the people went to the king and they said, please, can you stop this guy? And the king basically went, uh, yeah, do what you want. What You can um, you can boil him in, in lead if, if, if for all I care. And they took that very literally and they did. They boiled him in lead. Sorry, um, so you're saying that actually that was just like an offhand remark the king made, like, yeah, just do what you could just do. And they were According like, to the right, stories, yes. He just went, <laughs> he, said, he said, boil him if you must, but let me hear no more of him. And they went, okay. And <laughs> I, suppo- I suppose there was lead in the building and, and it, I guess it melts quite quickly. I don't sure. Know. I mean, <laughs> obviously not quite as fast as water. No, <laughs> no. Would be another option. But it's not as good a story, I suppose. So. No, it's not. And now he's, unsurprisingly, haunts Hermitage Castle, wandering the halls, all covered in yeah. hot lead and annoyed. Yeah, because they're quite heavy footsteps walking around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all lead, all lead legs. <laughs> lead legs. Um, you can also hear the, the ghostly sobs of the children he, he tortured. So, uh, so, yeah, pretty grim. I didn't hear any of that when I was there. but No, sure. If you were if you were boiled in lead, mm. would your body dissolve? Like what? Happened? Are you asking me? Yes, as a as the <laughs> as, as the lead expert on lead currently on the podcast, <laughs> I'm going to say yes. Why not? There's actually another sort of spooky death linked to Hermitage Castle, but it, it didn't happen in Hermitage Castle. One of the owners was James Bothwell, who was Mary Queen of Scots's third husband, and all her husbands were terrible, but he was the worst one, which is saying a lot for mm. her husband. But he sort of was involved in various different plots to murder 
horrible you know he was he also had a claim to the throne apart from being married to the queen and just a nasty guy mm-hmm. unfortunately for him he upset the the rulers of denmark i think it was and he ended up chained to a pillar in a dungeon in denmark mad and, oh. and raving well, yeah, nowadays people, people pay a lot of money so but yeah i know so just almost could have could have monetized that but um <laughs> so he didn't die there but it, i think there's a kind of association that the, the owners of this castle seem to be cursed for horrible deaths although they also seem to be nasty people so you know yeah you it, reap what you sow let's be honest uh, yeah basically than- Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I've got some quick-fire questions to yep. quickly fire at you, as Let's is the it. nature of quick-fire. So, aside from the two castles you yeah. talked about today, where is your favourite castle or stately home? Um, Yester Castle, as in yesterday. Okay. And that is now just a ruin in, in uh, I think it's in East Lothian. But this one also had a wizard... Scottish castles just seem to come with wizards called Sir Hugo de Gifford, who again must have been like a Norman noble. And he was also reputed to be a a necromancer and a warlock. And he appears in the history books as a a, a sort of legendary local figure who used to sit in his dungeons of Yester Castle doing witchcraft. Because there's also like the um, Edinburgh necromancy there's also lots of there's the grave robbers as well mm, it's a grim Edinburgh place Edinburgh have got a obsession with digging up the past yeah literally yeah Classic literally. Scottish people won't just get over it <laughs> Jesus well, if you... Christ it happened it's <laughs> over can we move on please Scotland I know I'm going to build and bring it up again that was my... <laughs> I'm so sorry that's the most offensive action I could have possibly imagined but no it's really inter- it was really interesting to hear um, <laughs> if you've ever been to Greyfriars Kirkyard which you might have done because it's in the middle of town. It has a reputation because it's got so many people buried in it that when it rains, sometimes the when the soil gets muddy, mm. sometimes bones will just sort of rise to the what? top. 
because it's full of so many bones. Yeah. Does it actually? Does that actually happen? That's true. And my sister found a jawbone once. <laughs> what? <laughs> she oh found my a, god! A, a human jawbone. She gave it in. <gasps> she hasn't kept it. What? That's amazing. I didn't. Yeah. Know. That's it. That, that's ooh. Yeah. That's the, one, that's the one that's sort of just up from Greyfires, Bobby. That's the one yeah, which, just, which, is, just, which has, all, has all the Harry Potter names on. That's right. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah. that's what it's known for now, but it's got a much more interesting history than it's Harry Potter. It's more interesting. Yeah. Ah. Corpses everywhere. I think it's because we have had such a tumultuous history. I think, you, you know, you see that places where there's been a lot of battles and stuff like that, you, you get lots of folklore that's very grim. It's and amazing. And, you go on a yeah. nice romantic walk around a graveyard, then suddenly some somebody's great-great-granddad's pelvis just yep. wriggles up through the ground. Full-on oh, skeleton, wow. <laughs> like, a, like an old Disney cartoon. Yeah, nice. Um, if you could go to any place mm. at any time in history, when would it be and why? Well, uh, I, I want to say now because that's – even though it seems terrible, it's still the best time to be alive. Well, I've got some great news for you, Anna. <laughs> you are here. So yes. dreams do come wow. true. Man- I manifested that. <laughs> it's your time travel. You do what you want with it. Thank nice. you. Yeah, appreciate that. If you could meet any character from history, who would it be? Um, I think Thomas Paine, who I'm mm. a big fan of, who was a sort of revolutionary philosopher. Uh, and I like a lot of his ideas. He was very sort of quite modern in a lot of his ideas, yeah, but what, I, I... What were the main ideas? Um, he, no religion, no monarchy, everyone gets a vote, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, Basically, yeah, before John Lennon wrote Imagine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just... That's, it's okay. John Lennon of his day, but I think yeah, he was nice. nicer to his wife. But he, um, he also had a really interesting life because he lived through... He was English, but he lived through the French Revolution and the American Revolution. He sort of, because those were happening and he was interested in revolution, he, he sort of went to visit both of those and became embroiled in them and is kind of one of the founding fathers of America now. So he had, a, he, had he nearly got executed once in, in during the French Revolution, but he managed to get out of it because the executioner forgot. To, so basically Thomas Paine had the flu, so he was allowed to keep his prison door open to let some fresh air in. Then the guard goes round and sort of marks a cross for the people getting executed the next day because it's in the middle of the terror and people are constantly being killed. And he marks it on the inside of the door because the door's open. So Thomas Paine just gets up and closes the door. And then when they come around the next day to see who needs to get executed, they Amazing. miss him. And that's how he gets out of it, yeah. So. Oh, well done, Tom. We did say we get some Scottish insults in. Yes. Do you have any good Scottish insults? We're allowed to swear, right? Oh, yeah. Fuck okay. yeah. <laughs> this, might, this might sound like not that impressive, but I honestly think the best one is just calling someone a fanny. A fanny? Yeah, because it just... It's in the accent it works. I think so, but also, like, for me, to call someone a fanny is to say that they're a dickhead, but at the same time they're a sort of laughable... Let's really break this down. Um, there's, there's, there's more sort of malicious intent with a dickhead, whereas a fanny is just like, a, oh, you're pathetic, isn't it? Yeah, I like, and I like that. I think, uh, I don't know, I just think it works. It works on a lot of levels. This is not the most, it's not the most interesting of, of insults, but I guarantee it will make people angrier than some of the other longer why I, ones. Why do I feel like it's a very male-directed insult? Like you direct it as a, at a man, or do you um, think it works for women as well? Maybe I think you can call anyone a fanny, but yeah, like a man who needs to be taken down a peg or two. Yeah, I think so. And made to feel stupid, yeah. Yeah, so that, that's how I feel it's it's it's, it's best utilised. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
towards an alpha male to really rob him of his mm. rip his balls off. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I should do the accent anymore, but it's go go away and boil your head. How would you say it? In, do a uh, one boil your head. A one boil your head. Head. A one and boil your head. A one and boil your head, which means go away and boil your head. It does, yeah, and it sort of means fuck off, basically, but in a more yeah, I guess in a more visceral way. And just very good with it, with all the boiling stuff that we've talked about. Yeah, so. it's ideal. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess people took that literally sometimes. <laughs> Eleanor, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. I'm sure the next time I see you will be backstage in a green room somewhere. But thank you. Thank you for having me. There was a pause there, Eleanor, like you weren't too sure. I wasn't sure if I was meant to... <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, it was lovely and then a bit awkward at the end, but no, hey, fine. You can take out, you can edit that. I'm going to keep it in. Keep the struggle. <laughs> the struggle's real. It certainly is. Until next time, boil him if you must, put an X on the inside of your door and mind your manners. I don't know why I'm trying to do a Scottish accent. Mind your manners. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Bad Manners. If you like the pod, please share it with your friends. Rate it on the iHeartRadio app Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a review and make sure you spill the tea on any of your favourite bad manners that we could feature in future episodes. This podcast was produced by Atomized Studios for iHeartRadio. It was hosted by me, Tom Horton. It was produced by Willa Malensky, Rebecca Rappaport, and Chris Attaway. It was executive produced by Faye Stewart and Zad Rogers. Our production manager is Caitlin Paramore, and our production coordinator is Bella Cellini. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.